0: Celtics lose again in overtime to the Cavs, but I'm actually okay after this loss. It's not that bad. Plus, those end-of-game situations, how did they really look? I took a closer look at it. I'll tell you about that. Plus, a whole lot more from this game right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on, number 18, Tatum and Brown J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Larry B. Corral above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain J's, how we started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on, Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day, even after a loss like this, with a free, fresh podcast wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And I do appreciate you making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I have a book the Boston Celtics all-time all-stars. Search for it online if you would like. All right. Celtics lose again in overtime. Again to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again. 114, 113. Later on in the last segment, I will get into the end of end of game out of timeout stuff. And some of the other end of game stuff, especially the Marcus Smart Play. Uh that's that's coming in the final segment in the second segment i've just got a bunch of takeaways I've just got a bunch of little takeaways from this game that uh i just jotted down first i will talk to you i just I, I just want to express my feeling that that this Celtics team is, is gonna be just fine and i, I think what we're seeing is just the natural progression of a team that's kind of trying to figure it out all over again. Uh, first of all, today's show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks uh, is giving first time users a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So it's prize picks.com with the promo code locked on. It's a pretty good deal. The Celtics are now four and three and they have two overtime losses and a loss to the Chicago Bulls, who they play next. And so, as Sean Grandy was saying after the uh, after the game, Celtics have only lost once in regulation. So you've taken a team twice to overtime. And you can make an argument that neither of those games should have gone to overtime. There are definite possibilities for the Celtics to win both of these games. There's, they They obviously could have won the game. In Boston, they could have won this game too, but this game was, I I come out of this game feeling just fine. I feel like I come out of this game thinking, okay, yeah, there there are still issues, still correctable issues here, uh, but it felt very much like two two really good teams throwing haymakers at one another. The Cavs get Darius Garland back. That's that's a, a big deal for them, and he dropped 29. He was cooking early. 29 points, 12 assists for Garland. That is just a monster. 42 minutes uh, in his return. He in the first quarter, he was just destroying the Celtics, picking the Celtics apart. Jalen Brown in the second quarter was, was awesome. Uh, the Cel- the Celtics seven second quarter was actually pretty amazing. They didn't give up a single offensive rebound in the cap for to the Cavs in the second quarter. They had 17 defensive rebounds. The Cavs shot six for 24, and every one of those misses ends up getting cleaned up. That second quarter is the blueprint. That's You come out of this game with a solid 12-minute blueprint of this is how you're supposed to do it. And the Celtics offensive rebounding, which was a huge issue, uh, or the Celtics allowing offensive rebounds, which was a huge issue, not as big an issue here. Nine offensive rebounds. The the best team in the league, I think, is Toronto, and they give up seven. So giving up nine, considering that this is a team that's been giving up 13 and 14, giving up nine, the the one huh, to Karis Levert at the end, that was just just bad luck. And yes, some of these offensive rebounds, I think, were were you know hurt. There isn't there, there's no such thing as an offensive rebound that doesn't hurt in some way because it's a uh, a second chance, but the second chance points were not a big problem. The Celtics gave up, they had eight second chance points. The Celtics had eight second chance points. Uh, so they did clean certain things up. The, the Cavs shot 28% from three. They're one of the best shooting teams in the league. Celtics held them to 42%. That's, that's, you know, pretty good. The Celtics held them to 114 points, which is actually below the league average, and that's in overtime. So the defense had its moments. I think you come out of this game thinking, or at least I do, thinking, okay, progress. There's progress. And at four and three, you look at the standings. Okay, four and three. Where does that put you? Three games behind the seven and O Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to cool off. That that's fine. Celtics still at this point have a, a positive point differential. That's a good thing. They hopefully can get some revenge against the Bulls who are playing better than I expected. This shows how how tough the East is going to be, but they're still right in the middle of this mix. They're not uh, anybody who's overreacting. You know, it's obviously way too early. This is November 3rd. You can't you can't there can't be any overreactions before we change the clocks before we change the, you know, to go to Eastern standard time, wherever the hell it is before the, the, the sun sets at four thirty, while there's still sunlight out at five, something, you can't be upset about, you know, where the Celtics are, where your team is. Uh, because even the worst teams in the league, Orlando and Houston are only six and six and a half games out of first. So there's, theoretically plenty of time to turn things around even for okay. More realistic example, the Philadelphia 76ers who don't look great, but at four and five, four games out of first, they have plenty of time to figure it out. These teams that are kind of stuck somewhere like the Clippers are four and four. They're two and a half games out of, out of first place. This is not the time to be worried about anything. And I look at the Celtics Issues and I, I, see progress. I saw I saw progress defensively in this game. I saw progress on the rebounds. I saw progress in a lot of ways. I saw progress with Joe Missoula. I, I still think there are times where he can use a timeout. But I, and I'll get into this. I, I, I think there's a a different kind of conversation to have about the timeouts later on. Kind of curious to see what you think about this. That's going to be part of the, my third segment conversation. I do think that a byproduct of not using the timeouts might be that that guys are playing more and they're getting more tired. Like there there aren't the breaks in the middle of the game where you can sit and get a rest for a couple of minutes, and so I, I'm I'm feeling like there's yes, there's playing through some of these things. But I also think that every once in a while there's a timeout to be called just to okay you know what let's just calm it down even if the other team is on like a 6-0 run let's just take a second let's get some breath get get a, get a cup of water or whatever and just you know rest a little bit because at the end of this game everybody looked gassed and with the lack of timeouts and hey I love no timeouts because that makes the games go by faster uh and, and maybe I can get my work done a little earlier. So anything that speeds up a game is great with me, but for the Celtics, I'm wondering if there are other reasons why a timeout might actually be beneficial. But I did see progress from Joe Missoula in in or or not, I don't know if progress is the right word. Encouraging, something encouraging uh with the out of timeout plays. So overall, my take out of this game, I come out of it feeling good. I think the Celtics are fine. You lose by one to the Cavs. Uh, they're a good team. They're a really good team. Garland is legit. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell is legit. Mobley is legit. Jared Allen. These guys. This is a good, good team. They're they are they are six and one and legitimately six and one. Like that's that's a team that's going to be a problem. Now I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to have some issues, uh, but that that's a team that I don't think they're going to fall off this year, barring any injuries. I don't think they're going to fall off like they did last year. I think Cleveland is a team to worry about in the East and so is Boston. So is Boston. And so this is two, two really good teams going at each other. And uh, so I come out of it feeling pretty good. I do have a bunch of takeaways, uh, including uh, Al Horford playing maybe a little bit too much. Marcus smart. There's a lot to be said about Marcus smart and Sam Houser wasted time on the floor so that's all coming up next you're not going to waste your time when you're playing prize picks prize picks is a lot of fun and it's a very simple game to play daily fantasy done right daily fantasy made easy all you got to do pick two to five players and if they go to score more or less than their prize picks projections you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry this isn't like playing the powerball you are going to make very easy picks in fact. I have price picks up right now. Uh, You can go across the leagues, across the top, all these leagues that you want. So uh, I'm going to pick Mac Jones on Sunday. I pick over under passing yards. I'm going to take over 210. And then I'm going to go to the NBA and say, Steph Curry is going to go over 26 and a half points in his game against Orlando. And then... I'm gonna say in the World Series, Justin Verlander is gonna start that next game. Five point five strikeouts. I'm taking the under on that. And if it's that simple, click, 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 and you can win. Uh, And like I said, you can go across all these sports. 60 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals. That's something that's always an issue. Currently available in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app. Go to PrizePix.com. Sign in. Play daily fantasy sports. You against the projections. First-time users, you get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100, you get 100. If you deposit 50, Fix gives you 50. It's very simple. But you have to enter the promo code Locked On at signup for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On Sports today your second listen? It's a great show. Covers all sports and has all the big stories. Uh, all the games that matter. You can go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with the local experts that only Locked On can give you, really, it's it's just insight that you won't find anywhere else. Locked On Sports Today is available here, wherever you get your podcast. It's also on YouTube. A couple of extra takeaways from this game. Uh, Al Horford was clearly laboring at the end of this game. He ended up playing 30, well, 40 minutes. He played 40 minutes. And that's just too much. It's too much. Al Horford should not be playing forty minutes in a game in early November. again, before the clocks change, Al Horford, thirty minutes a game, Max. Just you have to you have to preserve Al Horford. And if I have a qualm about Missoula right now, it's that he is playing Al Horford too much. 40 minutes, by the end of the game, he just looked like toast. And that might have been part of the reason why uh, uh, Karis LeVert was able to sneak in and grab that rebound. I talked about this. I talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it. I wrote about it on Boston Sports Journal. That little look behind, if you watch that play, that that Karis LeVert play, Jason Tatum turns and stares at, at LeVert just stares at him. He's like, okay, it, seriously. It was like, thousand one thousand two Okay. I'm turning now at that point, Levert broke, but he couldn't get to that same spot that he was getting to. He got lucky that the, a shot straight on bounced off to the right. And it was a long rebound and Horford had his hands on it, but I just don't think he had the energy to fight for the fight for that ball, or maybe he didn't have a, a, a full grip, but Levert just stole that ball from, from Horford. I I just don't know that Horford was in a a great position there. And I don't think he had, he definitely didn't have enough gas in the overtime. hundred percent was out of gas in the overtime. He looked slow. He looked like he couldn't get to a loose ball. It just, I just don't think he had his legs anymore. So really am kind of almost begging Joe Missoula to take a close look at his minutes at Horford's minutes and find another way. Like, I know that whatever Noah Vonleh did to lose your trust uh and he got a DNP, he his minutes have been slipping and Luke Cornette was not good in this game but you you can't do this to Al Horford. Now you're going to lose him later and you just it's this is not this is not the time. And this is going to be a tough game. You got Chicago coming up next. and I know it's a home game on Friday but uh that you can't you can't put Al Horford through all this. I'll just leave it there. Uh speaking of minutes, Sam Hauser played 10 minutes. It was not a good 10 minutes. He was he was picked on a little bit. Although there was one possession there where he really played good defense and he was guarding Darius Garland. And Garland was just too good. I thought the defense was actually pretty good from Sam Hauser. And he had his moments defensively, but he's still Sam Hauser and he's not going to have those moments all the time. The Cavaliers clearly targeted him. He played 10 minutes, it was a minus nine. But here's my issue. One shot. He had one shot in that game. It was a three pointer. It was kind of in and out. But you can't if Sam Hauser is gonna play and he only gets one shot, then what what is he doing? What's what's the point? What's the point of having him on the floor if he's only gonna get one shot? So, and I'm not saying You got to run a ton of stuff for Hauser, but the whole point of him is that he can hit three pointers and it's not that he's some great defender. He's supposed to be the guy taking and making a bunch of threes and the defense is only supposed to be something that keeps him on the floor. The fact that he only got one shot, the, the Celtics just need to be just need to be more aware of him on the floor or use him in certain situations. Maybe you don't use him in the full bench lineups. Maybe you use him more with the starters. And I think, I think there's some consideration there. Use him more with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a floor spacer and they'll find him. I don't know if maybe I know in the, in the early going, and maybe this is just a Cleveland thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just the one game thing and, this is a little bit of an overreaction to one game fine i can listen to that argument but 10 minutes with one shot you got to you got to find a better way to use him because if he if he's not going to get the shots then he's there's no point of even having him around he he's a shooter so somehow that needs to get rectified 10 minutes with one shot is a waste of 10 minutes then you got to find some other way to get him, get him uh, going. Okay. Marcus smart. Marcus smart was so good for certain stretches of this game. Like really, really good. He went toe to toe with Donovan Mitchell. You look at and If you, if you missed it, all you really need to do is look at the, uh, the play by play. And I'm going to call it up here. The fourth quarter play by play where it was, it was basically the Donovan Mitchell show. Mitchell. Over the course of, from the 235 mark, uh, a jumper, a floater, a three-point shot, uh, a layup, and a step back two. In that same time frame, smart layup, smart jumper, smart free throw, smart assist on a Tatum uh, layup. That smart was right there. When Donovan Mitchell was ready to take over the game, Smart was right there to, to make uh to, to keep the Celtics close. That was that was Donovan Mitchell closing the door on the Celtics and Marcus Smart jamming his foot in there and and forcing it back open. But there's a downside to what Marcus Smart did on the floor, and it just sucks. That he had this moment of, it's overtime, and there are, what, 20, 28 seconds left? And he decides that he's going to put up a a shot where uh, he thinks he's he's getting the contact, right? He he thinks he's getting fouled. You feel the contact. You put up the shot. You're expecting the whistle. 28.3 seconds left. This is after he forced an offensive foul on Jared Allen. Completely baited Jared Allen into this uh, into this offensive foul. I knew he was going to do it as soon as he got the switch. I'm surprised the ref bit on it, but he he made it so the it was very obvious that this was going to be an offensive foul. He's going to fall down. He baited both the ref and Jared Allen into it, and he got the call. He got the Celtics the ball back, down one with... 28 actually with, with less than more, more than that. I'm sorry, like 46 seconds left. So anyway, smart comes up and feels the contact and puts up the shot. And it just kind of unravels everything positive that he's done because that's, that was an opportunity to, I don't know if he was thinking, Hey, this is a two for one. I'm getting fouled. I'm going to get these free throws. This is a two-for-one opportunity. We're going to go up two. We're going to go up one. Actually, it was 114, 113. We'll go up one. Even if they hit a shot, we have an opportunity to, to answer. But if you're going to go two-for-one in that situation, you better you better get a good shot. You better get a good shot. It just, that play doesn't sit well with me. And it undid a lot of the positives. That he did. I still think Marcus Smart ended up having a good game overall. Uh, his numbers, not shooting well. He just hasn't been shooting well, but 16.6 rebounds, five assists, just one turnover. And that that offensive foul, I thought he was doing a lot of crafty things in this game. He was really, really good. And then he had that play. Just better awareness is, is what I'm looking for. Alright, end of game stuff. the The last two, the end of regulation, the end of overtime. I'll talk about that when I come back. You know, the Celtics had opportunities here. If they had shot better than 27% from three, they would have won this game. You know, Jalen Brown had 30 points, but three of 10 from three. Uh, Jason Tatum, 26 points, but two of nine from three. Nobody shot well from three. So that is a place where the Celtics certainly could have won this game if they had just shot average from three. They fouled too much in the fourth quarter. They gave up fourteen free throws, uh, giving giving the the Cavs an opportunity, gave them life. And after the Celtics had a, a big lead, this was an opportunity for the Cavs to get into the penalty, and they just Celtics just kept on fouling. So we didn't need to get to these end of game situations. We didn't need to get to these end of game out of timeout plays, but we did. And one of them was great. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum had an amazing game, I, I think, in a lot of ways. Not shooting well, but Tatum overall was uh he had 12 12 rebounds to go along with his 26 points, six assists four block shots the end of uh regulation block shot against Donovan Mitchell was awesome he had really good defensive uh really good defensive game he did have the six turnovers four of them came in the first half three of them were steals that was bad that was old habits that get yourself into trouble try to make a pass when you're already in the air and you don't have a plan and those turned into turnovers that was bad Second half, two turnovers. One of them was a pass out of bounds. I think he was trying to find Horford cutting baseline. Didn't quite connect. That ball went out of bounds. Okay, that sucks, but not it's it's not too bad. And then there was a travel. That's a point of emphasis. Travels are being called a little bit more. Carries are being called a little bit more. So Mal- Malcolm Brogdon get called for one of those. So Tatum had this, I think, generally awesome game. And if he had shot anywhere near what he's... Used to that again, Celtics could have won this game. So they call an out of timeout play for him, and I thought it was really, really great. With Marcus Smart at the free throw line, Jalen Brown on one hash mark, Al Horford on the other hash mark. Horford clears out to the corner to to space the floor. Smart sets a fake screen. He fakes the screen for Jason for for Jalen to freeze Donovan Mitchell, and he goes up to get uh get get the pass from Grant Williams. At that same time, Tatum's making his break. He's like a wide receiver, juking a a cornerback, and he's going to go right or left. And Marcus is just going to read where he's going. I'm going to give this guy this ball. Donovan Mitchell's on on my back. He's not going to do anything. And the hope is that Horford in one corner, Jalen Brown in the other corner, is going to hold those corners long enough that by the time those guys see uh, Jason Tatum barreling down the middle of the lane, they can't do anything. And it worked almost to perfection. That was a great play call from from Missoula. It was executed very perfectly. The timing was perfect. Jason Tatum broke at the right time. Smart broke from the the fake screen at the right time. Jalen got to the corner at the right time. Everything was really, really good. If I had to nitpick anything, it's Grant Williams who inbounded the ball and then kind of meandered down the sideline where Jared Allen actually almost got to the, 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 the dunk to block the shot. He didn't probably should have been a foul. Probably should have been a foul. Um, that's not a situation where they would normally call that foul anyway. So I wouldn't expect to get that call, but that was a a spot where, Hey, if they had called that Celtics would have won the game. Okay, fine. They didn't call it. I'm not really getting worked up about that. That play, that play call was great. The only thing I would say is for Grant Williams, if he, if you run that play again, and and maybe you don't have to worry about it if Jared Allen isn't the guy who's, who's defending, he's like the only guy, one of only a couple of guys who can get to that, make that even a close contest at the rim. But instead of kind of going down the side, he should have, Grant should have kind of come up once he realized that Tatum was going right, he should have. Baked up to to get a pass, and that would have at least drawn. I think that would have drawn Jared Allen further up, and there wouldn't have even been a potential foul at the rim. Uh, more so, I just I feel like Tatum could have landed awkwardly. But that's a great play. Credit to Joe Mazula. That was an awesome play, uh, and I, I I can't believe that you draw you draw up a play and you get a, a dunk like that. That was a vicious dunk. To get a, a play like that and a finish like that at the end of that, at the end of regulation, when you need a two to tie, that's amazing. That's a great job. I will say that, um, Evan Mobley kind of stuck a little too close to Al Horford and could have at least done something to jab step and get into Tatum's way to maybe force Tatum into thinking he should pass the ball. I will, I will put a little bit of the onus on him. He didn't do anything. He didn't, he didn't step. He didn't, he turned the corner. He, he he turned his his head, and Jalen uh, Jason was coming down that that lane. He didn't do anything. So, you know, that if I'm if I'm the Cavs, I'm calling him out on that in the film session. But great, great play from Joe Missoula. So good that they, he went back to that well later on uh, at the end of OT. I thought this was fine. Uh, it wasn't great. It's not like a wow thing. He used the the decoy Tatum at the center court. You you get Jalen free. It's two point three seconds. You basically have time to catch, turn, make one one dribble move. You get one decision before you got to rise up and shoot. Jalen made, I think, a decision that was was comfortable. For well, actually, you know what? Let me let me rewind because I, I I talked about the timeout thing. And I, I want to get to this part first. The rebound that Jalen Brown got, in that situation, everybody has to know if you rebound a miss that you call timeout before you dribble the ball. Because then you can you can catch it, timeout, get as much time on the clock. And if you don't dribble the ball, you advance, you advance it. So I think they could have gotten the ball with four seconds left. If I'm looking, uh, Garland misses the jumper at 3.9. Well, okay. Jalen Brown gets the rebound, they say, at 2.8. And then he had 2.3. So maybe it's not that big of a deal as far as the time goes. But you have at least at your disposal – an extra timeout. They had to call two timeouts then because he did turn to dribble the ball. So they didn't let them advance. You have to call two timeouts to advance the ball. And that left them without any timeouts. So would that have mattered? Maybe not. But the bigger question is, why why weren't they aware of that? And is Joe Missoula's lack of timeout calling, did that just in Jalen's head, say, okay, get it and go. That's what we do. We get it and go. We don't call a timeout in those situations, even though that's a different situation. The Missoula has just, he just doesn't call timeouts in end of game situations. Now, normally there'd be 10 seconds left and then not two seconds left. So you got to know that with that little time, you're calling the timeout no matter what. But I wonder if the, the plan, Joe Missoula's, Plan to you know just get it and go. If that just got into Jalen's head and said, "Oh, I gotta go," and all of a sudden it became uh, a little bit of confusion. It doesn't really matter at this point, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as this play goes. But it does kind of highlight if if Joe Missoula doesn't call timeouts in in late game situations, and he just wants them to go and try to not not play against a set defense that this, I think it can lead to something like this. So anyway, I thought the play that, that they got for Jalen, it's Jalen Brown against Dean Wade. It's Jalen with a live dribble. And he made his one move was to go right and to get as much space as possible. The Cavs did a good job putting Derek, uh, to Jared Allen on the, uh, inbounder, which was Marcus smart and made it very difficult for smart to inbound the ball. And the length actually bothered smart enough where the inbound had to go up higher to around the three point line. So it was a little further out afterwards. Jalen said he didn't want to be so far out. He wish he was, he wishes he was a little bit closer. I wonder if they could have maybe used Tatum as a little bit more active even if he was a decoy, maybe he could have started running down again. And I I would have thought you have him start down again and you use Jalen as the fake screener to get him open. And you might say, okay, they'll switch. But if it's a fake screen and he breaks before the actual screen is set, he can break and catch it and just. I want something going forward. I want him to catch one dribble forward and take a shot. Even if it was a three-pointer, That's you don't need a three in that situation, but any kind of clean look, I would rather use the threat of Tatum coming down the floor in a back screen from Jalen. You use two of them together, and you make the defense make a decision. And I would think the decision after you've set up that one play where Tatum comes down the middle of the floor, the decision might be both guys kind of like shade towards Tatum and Jalen can come up and catch the ball with a little bit more space and an opportunity to take one dribble in get square, get in rhythm and knock down a clean look. It's a lot and maybe that's not how it would have gone. I also think Jalen should have probably crossed over to the left on Dean Wade. He took that one big dribble to the right. Maybe he should have crossed over left but I'm not going to blame him for that because he's not, he hasn't been in those late game situations. So I I don't think that it's, I don't think him taking that dribble, getting comfortable into his most comfortable spot in that situation. I'm not going to, I'm really not blaming him. This is definite armchair quarterback, you know, after the fact, looking at things in slow motion, you know, this is film session stuff where the next day you can sit there and be like, Hey, Maybe you should, if we get you that look again with that much time again, consider the crossover left. And I know that opens you your shooting hand up for a guy to come back and contest the shot. But if you've got a guy's momentum going that way, just understand 2.3 seconds is plenty of time to take one dribble and cross back over and get that clean look. You have the time to do that. So I thought overall... The look was fine. The shot was fine. Not great, but it was fine. It's a makeable shot for him. He didn't make it. I made it to the end of the podcast. Do appreciate you sticking around. I hope that uh, you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, like I said, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay after this loss. It's not it's not the biggest deal in the world. I hope you are too. I hope you want to subscribe to the show. If you want to watch the show on YouTube, because it's there too. Uh, but wherever you get your podcast, it's fine with me. Uh, But I would love it if you shared the podcast to your friends and family that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.